Welcome back to the Later Day Podcast with your hosts, Brayden, Keaton, and Caden. This podcast is our answer to the everyday struggle of procrastinating our Come Follow Me studies. Whether you start your readings Monday morning or are listening to us on the way to church, we are just happy you are here. Perfect. So it starts off talking about uh, Lehi's dream. Um, so that he has a vision um, that talks about, well, that's like the what we call the tree of life. Um, and he goes to tell his family about it. And some of his children like the message and some of his children do not like the message at all. Yeah, and I think we did talk a little bit last episode about how good the videos do the new videos but yeah it's super cool to watch layman and lemuel's reactions to this just makes it that much more real yeah because i mean anyone who's prophesying anything can i guess there's two sides to how you can receive it like i know where where i live um or where we all used to live actually like closer to uh like a popular um street for like younger adults like uh, lots of bars lots of um clubs and stuff and there was always like this uh preacher guy oh yeah i think yeah i think he preaches like every thursday oh, yeah. and monday and thursday or something and uh he's, he's just like out there standing literally on like a soapbox soap with like a sign like his sign literally says something like it's like uh it's not as like cliche as like come to jesus or something but it's like it's centered around something like because of the immoral things that are going on around him, like at the clubs and the drinking and, and, and everything. He's like just just shouting and like proclaiming all sorts of things. And uh, there's always people whenever I walk by, like I, I've never really made a point of like going up and having a conversation with him, which maybe is uh, something I should have done. But like I, I, I remember specific instances where I'd like walk by and uh there'd be people like challenging him or like intently listening and then like other people who are just like slandering him and and like just saying like oh yeah this isn't real like yada yada and like it's it's kind of a cool uh parallel i guess to what's going on in in lehi's story here when he's talking to his family about what he's seen and what he thinks is happening and what he knows is happening and how his children receive it right some receive it really well um that would be well, Nephi actually, he doesn't know how to receive it, and so he takes time and he prays because he wants to know what the Lord thinks about it. So he prays and um, he says, the Lord came to me and and uh, softened my heart. So he didn't know how to feel either, but he took the time to ponder and pray about it, unlike Laman and Lemuel who just went with their natural man instincts. Yeah, kept their hardened hearts, mm-hmm. their stiff neckedness. That's another thing. Yeah, that's that's just such a great example for so many things. Like, I feel like, I don't know, like, I don't want to get too deep into it, but there's so many things that happen with people's testimonies and with their relationship with the church where it would all be solved if they just really took the time to really ponder about it, pray about it, do all those things. Not to say that people don't necessarily do that, but I do know of a lot of instances where people just decide that they're kind of just well it, they it, don't want to try anymore yeah i think and it's that, a combination of faith. of that and like understanding how god talks to you or how the spirit talks to you because I, I know it's different for everyone but like i remember 
like a giant trope of the Book of Mormon is like, oh, like if you ask God with a sincere heart, you will know of the truthfulness of these things. And like you will receive an answer uh, in your prayers through the Holy Ghost, right? Through the Spirit. And like I remember being on a mission and teaching that all the time. Like, yeah, you'll if you just pray fervently and with like pure intent, um, you'll get an answer. And I, I truly did believe that. But I remember like I'd pray on my mission myself and, and ask if the Book of Mormon is true. And the way the Spirit would tell me it's true is like I'd get the feeling like, you're really going to ask again? <laughs> like, like you know this is true. Like, why are you wasting our time? Yeah, like, I it, it's just literally have had that like exact I, same experience. I'd, like, I get that same feeling, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah sorry just for, like, asking. confirmation, <laughs> yeah, but before same. I even, like, finish my prayer, it's just like, quit asking me, fool. It's like, you know it's true. Like, like ask me something else. Like, ask me something you truly want to know. Because, like, I, and it's funny. It's funny how that happens, because, like, for me, I guess, like, I just, I just knew, like, after I started reading the Book of Mormon that, yeah, it is true. Like, I, this makes sense to me, and it's, it's easy for me to make sense of. Well, when they were receiving their answer, they're like, it felt like I was hugged by the Savior. You had companions who like started shaking when they prayed? Jealous. Wow. Um, that yeah, to me though, that just talks about it's just the the tough love given to us by our heavenly Father, where He's just like, yeah, I know, I know you want you know an angel <laughs> visitation, I know, but guess what? I know you don't need it. You know you don't need it. Let's just come on, yeah. And I just I love that relationship. And it's not even like a lazy approach. It's realistic. It's just, like for me, that's almost a better answer for me like that's more clear to me than anything because that's just who I am but I know it, he speaks differently to everyone but maybe that's why Caden and I have had like the same experience because we're just a lot alike right so it's like yeah he definitely uh needs to just shoot it straight with us yeah I I think yeah I think the first time I ever prayed about the Book of Mormon I had a very similar thing of like yeah just hey dude Quit Don't asking about it. Like, he does have a sense of humor. <laughs> well, because, like, I think, yeah, like, I truly think, like, the first time I prayed about it, I was already, like, too far gone and, and uh, like, just into the gospel. Like, I was already head first. So it's like, <laughs> there's not much more I could receive that would propel me further, I guess, as far as uh, that goes. Heavenly Father's just like... Really? You made it this far without even having an answer? I feel like you already have your answer, yeah. dude. So, yeah. Which is, like, this might be kind of fluff piece, but I do think that a lot of people try and say, like, oh, you can't understand God. He's too great. He's too, you know, it's impossible to comprehend the way that God works. But in this situation, it's just so realistic how he does answer most mm -hmm. people with answers like that exactly the way that you need them and uh and lehi yeah. knows this and uh like the cool thing is uh in chapter eight like i said lehi knows this and he he even says this in verse 37 it says and he did exhort them then with all the feeling of a tender parent that they would hearken to his words that perhaps the lord would be merciful to them and not cast them off yea my father did preach unto them and so like he, he with all the words of a tender parent like he was just like Honestly, the Lord will be merciful and give you an answer. Like, like you gotta listen. <laughs> like, 
come on, like, do it for me, do it for your father, do it for your family, kind of thing, to try to maybe play to different heartstrings of theirs, who knows. I mean, and he's right, all you got to do is ask and listen, um, it's written right there in the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. but that's at the end, we'll get to that, like, in December or something. Yeah, well, yeah, a long, yeah, long way from now. I like that you bring up the tender parent scripture, because that is one of the things the lesson tells us to do, is to think about someone we care about, and try and keep them in our mind as we read about the vision and and the little bits and pieces of it to yeah to try and empathize with lehi right and so um this this next uh heading here it it, it's going to go into like start dissecting the dream of lehi because there's a lot of symbolism in the dream and it's kind of a cool contrast to the symbolism that's in revelations that we just covered um whereas revelations to a lot of people is like harder to understand um this dream of lehi's it's pretty easy to follow along especially in the narrative but especially as you start picking out like the symbolism of certain things that go on in the dream so we're going to try to cover all those uh while we go on from this heading which is uh the word of god leads me to the savior and helps me feel his love so um in lehi's vision he sees a giant tree an iron rod a river a giant spacious building a lot of mist and a bunch of people um, and there's people scattered everywhere. There's people, you know, wandering in the mist. There's people holding and grasping tight to the iron rod that leads all the way to the tree, I should say. Um, I think there's some people, you know, wait, waiting in the river. Who knows? Um, I think it's in there. But, uh, then there's a bunch of people at the great and spacious building shouting, yelling, um, and making... The hecklers. Yeah, making noises or, or mm-hmm. just tumultuous sounds. Um, and then there's the, the people who are like, you know, just grasping on the rod, moving towards the tree of, uh, life. And then I believe there's some people who make it to the tree of life and then still leave after they, they, uh, taste the fruit. Then they start listening to the hecklers and they're like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have tasted the fruit. I should just go join them. Or even they let go while they're holding on to the mm-hmm. rod. Exactly. So there's a lot There's a lot of people that Lehi's seeing here. Um, I think this is symbolic to just the children of God in general, right? Everyone. Like Lehi is meant to have been seeing pretty much. So we got yeah. to give the symbolism of what those things mean, right? Sure. Yeah. And yeah. as people who, were, who have been in members of the church for a while, um, we know the answers. The tree, well, the iron rod is the word of God. Miss of darkness, that's temptation and other people. Uh, the people in the great and spacious building and the great and spacious building in general. It's just the world um, creating noise, distractions. Um, the natural man, pull us yeah. away from, you know, the path of righteousness. The fruit and the tree is eternal life. What's the river that separates the tree from the great and spacious building? It's like a river of filthiness. And I actually had some things to talk about the river. But, like, I think we should kind of go through things naturally in a more natural course. So finish what you wanted to... I was going to say, those are, like, the basic meanings, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's more symbolism and stuff to talk about than the simple answers. 
And that's what I wanted to kind of get into because I've, I've got some cool things I started thinking about of the river uh, this week because that was one of the things that I, I think I had the hardest time like putting a, an actual place in because I was like, well, you don't necessarily need the river if there's like a mist of darkness, right? Because I, f- I felt like they were kind of like the same thing. Um, so, I, yeah, I wanted to kind of talk about that. Um, but I did want to... Uh, finish that point of um we're we're all in lehi's dream there like he he saw all of us uh as 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 people who you know would go through the same trials uh, as this happens here like everyone's got to choose to hold the rod or listen to the great and spacious well the people at the great and spacious building and so uh, i wanted to finish that point because then it makes it easier for people to maybe recognize where they might might have the hardest time, whether it's uh, by the river or during the period of mist of darkness or listening, or a lot of people can gauge where they're at on their own journey. I think, um, and what's cool about it is even like when you said uh, that we've all been members for quite a long time. There's a there's a talk, I forget who which apostle said it, but even converts like it's not like we're in some giant race to the end. Um, we're we're just a couple steps ahead. Like we're all on the same path. It's not like we're any um, more advanced or we're going to be crazy, more like far more talented at, at speech or, or, or whatever. Like we're just on the same path, uh, maybe just a few steps ahead. That's all it is. I mean, but not, not even though, because like there, we still have even people who are born in the church have some greater sins True. of pride and other such things like and so i think i think we're all on the, the exact same spot you know yeah i, I feel I like i don't think anyone's ahead yeah just because we have the gospel in our lives it almost makes it harder because we know what standard we have to live up to you know right yeah i think i can i can't even count the amount of times that i'm like oh, i wish i didn't join the church until i was like an, an adult <laughs> like, <laughs> like just would have been so much easier <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, but, that being said, mm. everybody has the opportunity to repent, and there's nothing really that you can't repent for and be forgiven. I feel like I feel like there's no limit. Like, even what we call mm-hmm. unforgivable sins, they're not even really unforgivable. You can't get forgiveness. It's just way harder. It takes your entire lifetime, maybe longer than your lifetime, but that doesn't mean that God and um, Jesus won't forgive you for them. Right. So we all have the same likelihood of making it to Heavenly Father. We all have the same likelihood of, you know, persevering to the end and the same blessings. If we make it or not, doesn't matter if we are going to church right now or if we won't find the church for 25 years or won't find it until after we die. Yeah, that's that's really what it is, too. It's it's not so much about, you know, who's born into what. It's more about have we had a fair chance to receive the gospel? Right. And if not, that's kind of what goes into the judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Is if we've had a fair chance. And that's really like all a, there is to it. A list of all the bad and all the good we did. It's like, well, who it's did not you a become at the end? You know, yeah. it's, it's not like, a, oh, I, my setting was on extra hard and your <laughs> yeah. setting was on easy. It's literally just, were we lucky enough to have that? Okay, cool. Then that that was a benefit to us. But yeah, anyone who doesn't have the same opportunity 
they still get it because of the fair chance. Well, that and also Heavenly Father wants to have us back. He wants us to, to <laughs> be successful. Like, oh, I'm going to throw some curveballs. Let's see what happens to this guy. Oh, Caden Oviet. I don't know what's going to happen to him. It's cool. Right. Yeah. Even when it comes to judgment, even after we've made all of our decisions, he still wants us to be with him. It's, I don't know, kind of what, we're way off topic. <laughs> I was going to say it, it's up to, you know, us basically to judge ourselves. Um, but this is totally unrelated to the lesson that's in the manual right now. Yeah, I just think we had to just clarify the the difficulty thing is is just uh anecdotal. It's not a <laughs> yeah, not absolutely. an actual thing. So Hey Braden, what uh what did you find with the river? So well what I liked about the river was um so in verse well in chapter eight verse thirteen it doesn't go a whole bunch into the river, but there's other verses uh, later on in the chapter that discuss it. And so um, Lehi says, I beheld a river of water and it ran along and it was near the tree, uh, the tree of which I was partaking the fruit. And now um, I was thinking like when you, when you go into water, like normally you use water, like people shower with water, right? <laughs> like you get clean, like water is supposed to be something that helps cleanse the body. Um, but there is such thing as like stinky water or like, like bad, filthy water. And even if you go in all dirty, say like with like mud or, or whatever, like you're, you're, you're physically dirty, I guess. Um, when you come out of the water, when that, when that water, um, dries up, it's, it's not going to smell refreshing. It's not going to, it's not going to be a good feeling. You're not going to feel clean. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think one of the examples I, I thought of was uh, in the summer, Caden and I were living together and there was a shower that we had to use out on like a, it was like, it's not necessarily like an acreage, but the water was different. Like it just, it felt oh, like, yeah, it, was yeah it felt like a slimy water. Yeah. It was well water. So it was like very, really heavy mm-hmm. water and it was very high in sulfur content. So it smelled like eggs. Yeah, it smelled like eggs. And, and, like, I didn't necessarily feel clean, like, and you feel slippery, right? And so I was thinking that same feeling, like, oh, man, maybe these people, like, they eat the fruit, then they go off into the water, and it immediately, like, masks whatever scent they had of, like, uh, God's love for them or, you know, you know, all purity. the purity that was going on there. Like, it's not necessarily, like, mists of darkness, but they're just doing, like, they, they just are covered. Like, once when you're submerged in water, uh, just like with baptism, like, that's why you're submerged, so that everything is washed off. But when you are wading through this river of filthiness, that's those things are attaching to you. And um, it's yeah, I just was thinking about that, and I was like, oh, that's a kind of a. I've never thought about that before, so yeah, that's why I wanted can to I, say. Can I jump on to that? Yeah, I, definitely. I think what I was thinking about the river was that it's the river of guilt, and maybe I've heard this in some way before. But that's and you were basically describing it perfectly as. The river, it's guilt because once you step in, it's harder to get out. Mm-hmm. I, you I love that idea. cross it and cross that. it until you reach the other side. And then your guilt is swept away because you're now in denial, right? Well, when you it, go well, and you could even say like, building. you don't you don't necessarily look guilty, but you, you feel no. guilty because of how you feel after walking through filthy water. Well, and, but some people though, like once they've kind of breached their guilt, 
they now are like, yeah, I actually feel better, you know, now that I'm living this different life. And it's, you know, it's that denial. Right. But I'd say, yeah, so the river's guilt. Other side is the bank of denial. <laughs> and then the other side would be the bank of redemption or um, repentance. Because once you step out of the river and back to the rod, you've repented, right? You've been able to get rid of all that, like river water, like you were saying. Right. And you're holding back to the rod again. So, yeah, I don't know. I would, and just to build upon it, I just kind of envisioned that like bishops would be the people who are helping people out of the river of guilt and right, putting them back, back on, the, on rod. the path. Yeah. And the rod has got to be like made of pure silver or something because it's got that antibacterial, you know? <laughs> so it extra helps yeah, with that anti strength. In case, yeah, in case they were walking. It just, that's definitely funny to think about. Okay, so there's the river. But yeah, I, I really like that concept of the river. I, I do, yeah, I wonder if there was any, I don't know, maybe something that was, no, I can't say it was lost in translation because it's the Book of Mormon, which was translated perfectly. But yeah, I do wonder if there's anything more the prophets have said specifically about the river. But it's all kind of speculative anyway, but still, yeah. I like that concept, Braden. Thanks. I, uh thought of it myself <laughs> wow <laughs> nice so that's I'm so uh, proud of you that pretty much wraps up lehi's dream and then the lesson takes a turn um when we get to chapter nine it starts talking about how nephi is making two records instead of one and mm-hmm. he was kind of like eh, i don't know why i'm doing this but it's a commandment i feel like i should so i'm gonna do it um and we know in retrospect, um, because of the 118, 116 manuscript pages Joseph Smith lost um, and was was not able to recover, we didn't lose that period of history. Could you imagine reading the Book of Mormon and you're missing the whole first like introduction? Suddenly you're just with these people in, in the Americas and they're divided into two really <laughs> Like, why are they Nephites? Why are they Lamanites? Why are they... And why do they hate each other? Well, we kind of, we technically might be, you know, because of the Book of Lehi. Or the technically we are lis- we are missing oh, some man. introduction. The Book yeah. of Lehi, the Book of Lehi is going to be wicked. It's just like it's like Lord of the Rings extended edition. That's what it makes me think of. The, the Cimmerillion or whatever. Well, just in general, like the I I'd only ever watched the extended editions. So one time I watched the non-extended and I was like, there's so many pieces missing. What the heck? True. Like, I remember there being so many well, more details. I mean, yeah. Or it's like reading a book versus watching the movie of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're just missing stuff. But yeah, I, just, I think it's cool. Good foresight. Um, I do like, I had on my mission, I, I had a hard drive that I called the large plates of Gib. And it was just like the thing where I put everything, any like song I came into contact with, any talk that a companion had, pictures, I would just throw them all on this hard drive. And then I had a little tiny USB stick that I called my small plates. And I just put like <laughs> the most songs I really like, <laughs> the pictures I really wanted. I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> no, it was, but it's just a funny way to organize Yeah, no, that's things. hilarious. It totally works. Yeah. Um. Cool, yeah, so, like, it, it just goes to show, like, how genius God's plan is and how you can't um, 
supersede it. Is that the right word there? No matter, no matter what you're trying to do to stop his plan from coming forth, like it's gonna, it's gonna come forth the way he's intended. And he's, he's, he saw the the struggle that Joseph Smith would have back in the day, back when Nephi was still helping write the plates. So like that's just cool. Yeah, he was prepared. I'm trying to think. Shall we move on to the next little section well, here? Because yeah. yeah, some of these there's not too much to really dive into. Well, not too much. I was I was kind of, um, I mean I know it's kind of like a topic you you beat like a a dead horse I guess when we talk about like the fruit of the tree of life and uh, like I know almost every Sunday school class is gonna say this, but something I think we did miss when going over that is um, the feelings Lehi had as a as a father. Like when he first partake the fruit, seeing his family partake of the fruit, or wanting to beckon well, his family well, over. Well, and then like like immediately, yeah, he wanted to shout, like he was shouting at them, and like he desired for them to mm-hmm. have it. Um, and I think like yeah, like that's something I guess we could glance over, but I did want to make sure that we mentioned that because like that's probably one of my favorite parts about the entire um, vision, is he tries something. It is so good to him, like he loves it so much, and he knows. He like he already knows um, that just by sharing this, like he knows like his family's gonna like it a lot too. Um, it it is such a cool parallel for anything in today's society that that you you find an interest and you immediately want to share it with others, right? Um, you find a TV show, you immediately want to share it with others. You find a a good restaurant, you immediately want to share it with others. Like it's just it's such a simple act of of love. And, but uh, how much more pure is your desire to share the gospel? And the because partaking of the fruit is partaking of eternal life. So think about like, mm-hmm. oh, that show on Netflix is so great. It brought me, you know, seven hours of binging joy because I binged it straight <laughs> and it was awesome. And I want to share this. And a, and a Lehi and a couple inside jokes of the fruit of eternal life. Think about how much more substantial that feeling of joy and love is compared to your crappy seven hour netflix binge that you're never gonna watch again (laughs) but you have to share with everybody you talk to for the next three days okay so multiply your netflix binge by like literally infinity (laughs) no wonder lehi wanted his family to partake of it that's a good way to put it (laughs) literally of infinity no, that's true, and 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 that's why it hurts so much more. I think for Lehi to see the distaste, well, distaste um, from his two like, sons. It's it's incomparable. We don't have a mm-hmm. way to to imagine how good the fruit of eternal life could possibly taste. I don't know. I think yeah, I we think can only there's imagine. Moments, I guess there's definitely moments when we participate in new ordinances that we get a taste. Right, you get like a, a drip yeah, of well, the fruit. Yeah, you on get your a taste. taste. Oh, yeah, for that. sure. Oh, I'm old. Well, and the most of the fruit is just the, the love of God, yeah. right? And so, like, when you feel, like, anytime you repent and, like, you feel clean and you feel forgiven, like, there's definitely tastes of it and stuff, but until we actually receive eternal life, that'll be the day where you just take a nice juicy bite of that sweet, sweet Strange, fruit. because I'm actually eating some very juicy pineapple right now. I can't even hear you chewing. That's pretty imp- Oh, there we go. Oh, there's some there, ASMR. For you, for everyone. Got some juicy pineapple. So now on the I'm, podcast. yeah. Now, now I'm okay with uh, moving forward. Okay. I guess. 
And like, there's other things in there that you could touch on for symbolism, but I do think that's one of the things I wanted to cover the most was, um, just how good of a father Lehi is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we had better understanding of Isaiah when we were covering those chapters in the previous curriculum, um, we probably could have talked about those chapters for hours on end if we can, like, mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about Lehi's dream for longer if we wanted to. We just won't. But, like, Isaiah is even that much. Well, it's just a little bit more vague. It's harder to interpret. But once you do, it's just as rich, if not more rich, than, you know, the the idea or the parable that we get from Lehi's yeah, dream. Yeah, like the, the dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so then we're on to First okay. ne- Nephi chapter 10. Oh, that's what I was going to say is I still am just amazed that this is all right at the beginning. Like these uh, Lehi's dream and stuff, it's like a heavy hitting chapter full of all this stuff, and it's right at the beginning. Yeah, chapter 8. Yeah, right like some, yeah, like some of the, the better chapters of the Book of Mormon are like right right close to the yeah, beginning. Like Mormon, Mormon that doesn't mean it to, gets you know, like, publish a book, you know? Yeah. Or yeah, Moroni that's true. Or whoever exactly put it. All, well, it's Mormon who put it all together, right? Um, yeah, he knew he knew what he was doing. It's almost like he was led by Heavenly Father. I think so. Hmm. Interesting. It's almost like there's multiple accounts that even testified of what <laughs> order did go in and stuff. I'd say so. All right, First so Nephi chapter section. ten. Yeah, ancient prophets knew about Jesus Christ's mission and testified of him. Yeah. Is that unique to the Book of Mormon? Uh, nope. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I'd I'd love to see books from uh from other nations who also had visitation from the Savior. Yeah, other than sweet. like the Bible and the Book of Mormon. Can you imagine yeah. getting like a Christian history or like a, a book from prophets in like O Oceania or whatever, Oceana, mm-hmm. o- o- wherever all yeah. those islands are, <laughs> <laughs> or like even like all over Asia and the Middle East. Well, the Middle East yeah, that's, is kind of Bible-y. That's what I'd be yeah interested in because Oceania India. is is supposedly populated by the Nephites moving, uh, whatever that one uh, Nephite was that left. But uh, yeah, no, true. It'd just be cool I, to see I believe more. that Nephite's name was Moana. I could be mistaken. <laughs> yeah. It sounds right. Moana. I believe that's true, yeah. I remember like a it's yearning like for the Disney ocean. movie. Sounds about right. <laughs> that's totally true. I completely forgot about that Nephite that just like left. Yeah. Never came back. Nobody ever His heard of it. Anyways, we remember. digress. Yeah, we digress. Um, but yeah, so it talks about, well, I mean, it's the subtitle of the Book of Mormon, Another Testament of Jesus Christ. This is just another way that it testifies because we know that spoilers later on in the Book of Mormon, Christ, the resurrected Christ comes to visit the people in the Americas that we're reading about their descendants. Um, But another way that it testifies is because the prophets all throughout the Book of Mormon, even before Christ's birth, before his visitation, he's talked about and um, prophesied about the entire thing. Mm-hmm. throughout the whole book of mormon yeah i just love that the verses they select first nephi 10 2 to 16 they're basically mm-hmm. just a condensed version of jesus's life like it's just like this is what happens this is everything mm-hmm. the whole thing 
And then he ends with, and my father dwelt in a tent in the valley of, Le- valley of Lemuel. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just cool to see that synopsis and that, yeah, they obviously preach of Christ. And the Book of Mormon's main purpose, of course, is to preach of Christ. It doesn't really go into depth about the plan of salvation at all, except for the atonement and life of Christ. So, yeah. I like that. It, it is cool. And and I like the fact that, again, here's another wordy thing, like ancient prophets knew. Um, and so this is discussing prophets. And I think, like, at this point in the Book of Mormon, Nephi isn't necessarily considered, like, God's prophet because Lehi is still around. Nephi is just definitely, like, a solid minister. But uh, it's cool when what Nephi does right after verse 16. It's in chapter 10. And it, it's the next heading but it's just kind of cool what he does and, and and what example he gives to everyone as far as like what we can do as well to, I mean, even though not we're not all prophets, we can still know just as um, sure, surely as them, I guess. Like there's, there's still a way for God to make it known to us who Jesus is and, and what his mission is and everything. And so uh, I guess we just want to, Head over to this next heading, if that's okay with you guys. Yep. So God will reveal truth to me if I diligently seek it. So I was hinting at the verse earlier, and it's uh, chapter 10, verse 17. It's kind of a longer one, but it's a solid one. And it says, and I, well, and it came to pass that um, after I, Nephi, having heard all the words of my father concerning the things which he saw in a vision, and also the things which he spake by the power of the Holy Ghost, which power he received by faith on the Son of God, and the Son of God was the Messiah who should come. I, Nephi, was desirous also that I might see and hear and know of these things by the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of God unto all those who diligently seek him, as well in times of old as in the time that he should manifest himself unto the children of men. And so it wasn't enough for Nephi well, I don't want to say that, but I do want to say that at the same time. It wasn't enough for Nephi to just hear his father say it and believe him. Because he, he saw a little bit, he like he was reading in between the lines, I think. He was like, he caught right away that, oh, dad received this by the power of the Holy Ghost. And from whatever dad's taught me, I can also feel the, the power of the Holy Ghost. So what's stopping me from receiving the same kind of answers through the power of the Holy Ghost so I can stand right up there with dad and testify kind of thing. And and that's what he goes and does. Well, and the um, cool thing about that lesson too um, is it's all through the Book of Mormon, but even before we have this like example written out, that's exactly what Joseph Smith, like that's his conclusion as well, right? He was reading and if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth all men liberally. And so Joseph Smith is like, yo, I'm going to do that too. And he does. And exact same experience. And it's it's written in Joseph Smith's personal history. It's written right here in Nephi's life. And there are countless times throughout the Book of Mormon that we read. And it's like, I sought, you know, further knowledge for myself. I, I inquired of the Lord and I received more instruction, more information that I didn't previously have. And it's such an important lesson that we have and that we study as members of the church um, because the whole church is 
found like it's founded on that it's founded on personal revelation that we all have the right and the opportunity to pray to and speak with our heavenly father and receive revelation on our own behalves and and for our own lives you know and other churches don't believe that like there are churches Mm -hmm. that you can only receive like you have to go to this person so that they can talk to god for you and there are stories like that in the Book of Mormon where somebody doesn't feel worthy, so they seek their priesthood leader, and their priesthood leader asks in their behalf, but that doesn't mean that they weren't able to ask themselves. We're always we're always worthy to to pray and, and converse with our Heavenly Father. Absolutely. And and he makes a a good point of what you just said in the following verses, um, eighteen and nineteen. So I highly suggest Listeners, read those three verses, 17, 18, and 19 together. Like, it's just just a mm-hmm. solid group of scripture. And, and it kind of um, foreshadows, I guess. Well, not foreshadows, because this is going on around the same time. But uh, Joseph Smith, the whole reason why he asked um, Heavenly Father w- w- what church was true in the first place was because he read some scriptures in, in James that were very similar to what we learn in the next two verses here. Um, and so I, I definitely recommend people go and try to read those, specifically 18 and 19. And then um, the, the lesson asks us to, it says, consider writing about a time when you wanted to know if a gospel teaching was true. How did the process you followed compare with what Nephi did? Um, and... I don't know. I just think it's cool that we are encouraged to have those experiences. We're encouraged to pray, to to receive revelation and confirmation that such and such doctrine is is true and and it can have a personal effect on your life. You know. Yeah, I think the main principle that Nephi um, does a good job at explore, at showing is the effort that has to go in. Like there's been a few times where I've been looking for an answer, but I've been doing like the minimum amount of effort and then being like, oh, wow, like, thanks for not <laughs> answering my question. <laughs> and it, but sometimes those answers still do come through the minimum amount. But it's yeah, whenever I'm really diligently looking for an answer, they just come, you know, I'm you know reading my scriptures and all of a sudden the answers just boom right there. Or, yeah, you have a mm-hmm. feeling while you're praying, things like that. But yeah, I just, I like that he definitely shows that effort needs to go in. It's not just you ask the yeah, question and, and then boom. And I think uh, we kind of talked about our own experiences. Like it was all limited to just whether or not the Book of Mormon was true or not. But that was kind of a similar experience uh, that they're asking for here. Like when's the time that you, you know, be asked the Lord on uh, whether or not something was true as far as the gospel principle goes and the book of Mormon definitely falls under that category and like what, what experiences we had. And so there's definitely an example that we, we gave earlier, which without, without intending to, I guess. Yeah. I think this is where, excuse me, doctrine and covenants does a good job of stepping in and, and taking the reins to talking about, how like feeling a burning in your bosom is an answer for yes. And then there's the, the whole story of Oliver Cowdery trying to translate the Book of Mormon and receiving the answer that he the took no thought, thought, save it was to ask. And 
Yeah, the stupor of thought answering that it's a no. And those are all very real things. And as as we pray and ask God questions, having taken thought, you know, we'll be able to receive those kinds of answers. I've, I've seen it multiple times now just through trusting that process. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's just, it's cool that there is a process that even exists. You know, it's not just like throwing a flag in the air and, and asking for help. Like the more specific I am with my questions and the more times that I'm like, Hey God, I think this is what I should do. What do you think? I'm way more likely to get an answer than if I'm like, Hey God, I don't know what to do. Tell me, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Tell me now. And there's some really good talks about that. Tell me now a specific answer, please. Thank you very much. I'll pay my tithing. Awesome. Listen. Yeah. There's a yeah great talk by Bruce R. McConkie called Agency or Inspiration. I'll link it in the mm-hmm. description. It's just super good. Yes, please do. Yeah, he talks about that. Well, I guess it's kind of spoiling, but he talks about that he like he never asked God who if he should marry his wife. He just knew that's well, what I he should do. Well, I think that's a common thing too like and he gives us the the knowledge to know those kinds of answers for ourselves it sure definitely helps but but it's just it's the principle of being sure on yourself and then going to mm-hmm. the lord once you've made your decision and then god will like for example i guess this is this isn't too personal and i know we're like kind of detracting but also still on task like at one point i was praying okay should i keep going in computer science or should I, you know, try and do nursing degree? Cause at one point I was thinking of going, switching into doing that. And I was like, and I had pretty much decided I was going to do nursing. And then, so I decided that Kayla and I went to the temple, we prayed about it. And it was just like the most stuperest of thought that I've ever had. And so then when I was like, okay, well, I guess like that's my answer. And then I, you know, prayed about it, looked a little bit more into computer science, went back, same thing, prayed about it, and yeah, got a clear answer. And so, and now, like, I'm living here, you know, doing different things, and if I had done nursing, I would have been stuck in Edmonton for four more years, basically. Ugh, Edmonton, And so, just, it's crazy that the way that things work out. Whatever. Yeah, gross, right? Not true, not true, but... Yeah, it's just, it's cool to the wisdom, even though I thought, okay, I've done all my research. I think this is my answer. He was able to clearly say, nope, that's that's cl- that's again. not it. Just letting you know. But he still well, didn't that, say, no, again, do yeah. computer science. It was just, mm, this isn't the right thing. Try again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, if I had went just saying, tell me which of the two, please tell me which of the two, I guarantee there's no way I would have got the answer. And there's no way that I would have been, been like, sure. Yeah, I'm just going to do nursing. I feel good about it. That. And Exactly. And I was going to. I was really close. Like, yeah. I Yeah. It's, it is very important to, to be sure. Well, that and just to have, out. like, a praying relationship with Heavenly Father. I, I can't stress enough, like, how important it is to just, like, mm-hmm. just talk. Everyone likes talking. I love talking. But then I mean, you get to talk to Heavenly Father? That's crazy. Well, That's and you're cool. right. If you, It's just like anything else. If you're not doing it regularly, then you'll get out of the habit or you won't be as good at it. And it sounds dumb to say like you're not good at prayers, but it's the two-way communication part of prayers that you have to practice, not just the 
closing your eyes and speaking your thoughts. It's the closing your eyes, speaking your thoughts, and then listening for your answer that you have to practice on a regular basis or else when you need it, it won't like you, you won't have that skill developed. You won't have that, um, kind of like ear tuned to the spirit. Mm-hmm. Like some, yeah, some of these guys prayed all day. Yeah. Well, it's, it's real intent, right? Yeah. It's, it's the real intent. If you're praying every day and then you're like, oh, well today I want to pray with a question. It's, you're much more like, like you have real intent in that case. You're not just like, oh, I need mm-hmm. to pray the one time that I need an answer. That's kind of wishy-washy. God, at least in my experience, God's not a huge fan of the wishy-washy. Just yeah, pray and to that's you where we just have to. Thing. No, I still do that. <laughs> I'm not from really time sure if I want Don't this, worry. but if you think I should have it, then maybe go ahead and give it to me, and then have. Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't really study for this test. Please, 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 yeah. please, please, please. Well, and so that's what I was gonna say. Was uh, I've been there? Like the heading of this again is God will reveal truth to me if Pretty I much. diligently seek it. And that's, that's just what prayer is. Like prayer in itself is a very, like just to take time out of your day and do something where a lot of other people looking at you would be like, what, what are they doing? Right. Um, but you knowing what you're doing is like, you're, you're stopping something, getting down on your knees, you're talking to God and you're doing a diligent act to keep that communication open, like to keep that two way line open so that you can receive um, any communications coming your way and he can receive the communications coming his way. Because mm-hmm. once you sever that, like Caden said, it's it's pretty hard to build up again. And um, there's definitely some prophets uh, in the Book of Mormon, like I was trying to say, uh, I kind of squeaked it out earlier, like they pray like all day. Like they've got so much training and that's not what God asks of you, but sometimes that just works for people. And it's different for anyone. So definitely as as you go along in the Book of Mormon, like look at all these prophets and consider the things like how would how would Nephi pray? How would, you know, uh, the Alma or uh, Helaman or just like any other prophet in the Book of Mormon, like how would they go about talking to God and, and who do I relate with the most and how maybe how should I start approaching well, Heavenly Father? And if you're paying prayer? attention to that as you read through the Book of Mormon, you'll they'll tell you how they pray. They'll tell Mm -hmm. you their experiences. They'll tell you, you know, I went up on a mountain or I prayed for a whole, like, 24 hours straight. They all do it different ways. They've all, you know, show their commitment to the Lord when they really need to to pray heavily. Um, And they they give great examples if you're paying attention to the manner of their prayers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm always impressed when people can pray for a long while in personal prayer because obviously it's about quality and, and some people for sure are able to, you know, maintain that quality of prayer and have a lot of things to pray about. I once, I had a companion, he was someone I was training and he would go for like 30 minutes in the morning, like no joke. And he wasn't like faking it at all. Like he was legitimately just this amazing guy. And, uh, well, not, not that that makes people amazing, but he was just amazing on its own. But yeah. And one time I was like, oh, okay. I'm, you know, I've been out for longer. I can do this. I could pray for half an hour. And I like totally fell asleep and I just, there was no, no way I could do that. But so, yeah, I just, I think it's interesting that, yeah, they talk about people praying for a day, but 
really that's it's not necessarily like it's not like they meant to you know it wasn't their intent to be like oh yeah we pray for a day it's just that's mm-hmm. just what happened well time flies happen, when you know? when you're in such time a flies. state of mind and like i even remember like on my mission i won't spend yeah. much time on this like i remember reading that like people are able to go throughout their day praying and so i tried like not necessarily i wasn't necessarily like kneeling down and eyes closed and talking but like i i went the whole day i did all my proselyting and stuff but i always was like trying to pray like in my head like like just you know while i was walking by i was thinking of others and like trying to like pray for them and and i was it was like a very quiet day for me like i didn't talk to my companion much Mm -hmm. that day because i was too busy trying to communicate (laughs) with the lord i guess and uh like at, during lessons, I was doing fine and I knew where my head was at. But like I was trying to, I really tried to challenge myself to like constantly remember that I'm praying. I'm re- I'm praying right now. Like it was a really fun activity and uh, it, it it took a little bit of practice. And I, and I don't want to say like I went the whole day uh, doing it, but it was definitely one of the coolest experiences I had as far as just how, how much um, more patience I had the entire day. Or like normally I'm a pretty outspoken person and I like I like to fidget around and like it, it was a very calm day for me and I I really it was I felt like Zen I just like <laughs> just go into some weird like expert ex, like state of mind and it, it was cool yeah I liked it and um, well and, and mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that we fast right is because fasting is almost synonymous with prayer right and so. Yeah, when we fast for 24 hours, we basically, you know, to some extent are praying for 24 cool. hours. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's cool that concept. pretty much wraps up the uh, the lesson here. There is there is a video in the additional sources for learning. Uh, and this video is actually Lehi shouting to his family to try the fruit. And so definitely if you guys haven't watched this video, um, open it up, take a look at it. As always, I'll put the give uh, it a look. lesson link in the description of the episode as well. So you can click and it'll mm-hmm. take you right to the church website. And you can uh, see that video embedded on that page right there for you. Yeah, it's a good one. And, and just remember what we had said about Lehi and like how how um, like how hard it is to think of what he could have experienced at that time. And his first thought without a like a, without a second of thinking was, I need to share this with those who I love. So... That's cool. And um, yeah, I'm excited about continuing on through the Book of Mormon, you guys. All right. I am excited. Brayden, you got the outro. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you, dog. Brayden's just like hanging us in suspense. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah, that's true. So everyone, <laughs> everyone, thanks. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't sure if you guys had anything else to say, but I guess not. So thanks again, everyone, for listening and sharing the podcast. Uh, we would really do appreciate it when you share. So keep on trying to share to as many people as possible. Uh, Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we just want to have one more happy, giant thanks to Spencer Rolfson, the Lucky Bandit, for providing us with all of our music. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. We love you. Bye.